Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined Pro Wrestling Hangout. I'm your nope. <laughs> no. No, that's Fail. the old one. Fail. That's, that's the old one. We've been saying it different. And you know what? We've been gone a few weeks. Chris, Fax, Garrett, we're all here. And mm-hmm. uh it's it's been a minute. I missed you guys. The listeners. The, you too. I the, still see see you guys. The, the last episode we released was December 8th. Holy shit. That's, and 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 when was the last time were all three of us on December eighth? I feel like no. no, right? No. So when was the last time all three of us? Probably before Thanksgiving, right? Definitely. Because uh... well, there was Dental Dam, and then Chris coming on to tell me how wrong we were about Dental Dam. Yep. Yep. And then um... it, it looks like maybe October 9th. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Huh. Um, it's it's been a while, guys. We've uh, yeah. I said we've talked, but um. Yeah, we haven't gotten to record. Um, we've all been, we've just all been very emotional boys for the <laughs> yeah. last. It's like the uh, the the uh, the middle uh, series of the predetermined shows. Nice boys who like whatever. We are we are we are sad emo boys who uh, <laughs> who Everybody still like to yeah. wrestling. Yeah. It, yeah, I think we were all going through different things. Um, I mean, Fax had a hell of a year. And then uh, Chris, like, I, I feel like you and I both caught it, like, right towards the end uh, of the year. Um, we went through some shit. We're getting through some shit. We're back to talk about wrestling for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the, the problem is, you know, we... I think we figured it out with my doctors is that back in like last January, I was taking out the trash and I didn't think anything of it. I was throwing the garbage bag in and a rabid Jimmy Lloyd uh, attacked me trying to find some pizza crust in the box and bit me. Uh, And at the time it wasn't rabies. um, But as it turns out, yeah, a lot of disease I picked up from, from that rabid Jimmy Lloyd. Not gremlins, but have you seen the movie Munchie? <laughs> no, I don't believe so. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think that might have been Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, is this what bit you, Facts? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. That's, I mean, but but the eyes were a lot more red and bloodshot. <laughs> uh Google Munchie Strikes Back, uh, and you'll see what I showed facts. Yeah. In in the la- in the time since we last recorded, Garrett has a new podcast. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It actually is going to be dropping the first episodes this coming. Fuck. I guess I'm assuming we're releasing this. Like, is We're recording this on Friday the 5th. So uh, this should be the new podcast should be out Tuesday. There's going to be four episodes dropping on day one, and it's going to be biweekly. We already have 10 in the can. Funny guess. We're talking to uh, to folks about erotic thrillers, the erotic thriller club. Join the club. Not not a podcast for sad boys. You want sad boys. You're on the right podcast. You want titillated boys. You know where to find it now. At wrestling shows. Oh, no. Um, I was. Well, we did go to a show together. Yeah, you did. Me and Professor Tom, me, Chris, and Professor Tom, we were like the holy, the holy and mittens. Of course, we were. We're we're the holy 
quadrumbrit. I don't know. Um, we used to go to so many shows going back to the Ring of Honor, like the, you know, the, the Bullet Club Ring of Honor days. And I think it was like a year since the three of us all went to a show together. I think it was since the J Cup that uh, I think boy. It, I think there was a dynamite in there. So but that was still April. That was early April. OK, but it's been it's 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 probably the longest we've gone without the three of us all going to a wrestling show together. Um, and it was good. It was very good. Uh, but I, well, the most important part of the evening is that we uh, I took a train out to to Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, Fax and Tom picked me up in um, just a, a deeply sketchy part of town. Um, yep. We drove you were crying. To, I was crying like a little bit. A, a, a part of town MJF's never been to. Never been. Never seen it. Um, no. It's just not for him. And uh, we drove to a German restaurant. But before we went into that German restaurant, we did something that Fax and I have been waiting to do for a very, very long time. We cracked open some Woo Energies. Oh, I thought you were going to tell him about when we tried docking. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was going to say, I don't think our wives listen to this podcast, but, you know, it'd be a weird way for them to find out about that. No, oh, my wife definitely doesn't. That's why. Um, <laughs> that's why these secrets are safe. But, yeah, we yeah, had the woo. This podcast just as well be shouting in the woods. Uh, my wife's never going to hear it. <laughs> She's actually more likely to be in the woods and hear it than she has to... Uh, <laughs> well and not for nothing too like you know I, I live in the same house as my wife so she can just overhear things but right. me saying hey i'm going to record with chris and garrett is the most guaranteed for her to put on headphones and be as far away from where i'm speaking as possible <laughs> she often says that when she doesn't do that she just it, she just hears me yelling character voices <laughs> <laughs> very loud <laughs> If Which, if I were to ever have an affair, I am definitely having a sleepover at one of your houses. Like that's it's like I'm going to their house for a sleepover tonight. They no. live in New Jersey and New York, respectively. Yeah, there would be no follow up questions because your wife really doesn't want to know, and she knows that the man, the person that the affair is with, is Beast Man. <laughs> And that's why he's taking time away from wrestling right now is we're going to the woods. Well, we're spending a little time together, explore each other's bodies. To be fair, at this point, I think he's taking some time away from taking some time away from wrestling. But we're two levels removed from him being in the ring again. But it'll just make his return yeah. that much more triumphant. I thought that that was just a setup that he was going to be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have worked. But see, yeah. here's the thing. It, we It's been so long since we've recorded we skipped talking about Beast Man's honeymoon at Sandals in Jamaica. Oh my oh, wow. god. And really? he knew Which that we were gonna talk fun. about it. So he's stepping away so that he never had to <laughs> It did look fun. It did look fun. In a great time. He's this gotta be a, this has gotta be an interesting listening experience. Cause I feel like sometimes we come on and do the pod, it's like, oh, like I haven't talked to you since the last episode. But like I feel we haven't recorded it in a month and we've been talking just constantly. <laughs> so the audience is we don't even know what we what the audience knows at this point. It's confusing. If you can, if if you're unaware, you can go on Beastman's Instagram and see number one that he has gone on a honeymoon 
to Sandals in Jamaica, but also that Beastman came back from his honeymoon and said he's taken some time away from wrestling. You know, he's got to focus on being married and, you know, the rest of his life um, in deepest, darkest West Virginia. And it's honestly something that has hit me hard emotionally um, because there's just for, for a bit, there's going to be no new Beastman matches. And yeah, I'm with you. And, and that sucks. But it, for me, every time I think about it, I'm made really happy because I realized just more than likely anytime Beastman's not wrestling, like right this very minute, he's probably fucking right. He probably has a lot of woo energy, mm-hmm. maybe some flow max. And he is just absolutely raw dogging his wife. Eating blue chews like Tootsie Rolls. Oh, God. Conrad just hooked him up with a membership. And Who would have thought is... when we were at the Malcolm X Community College <laughs> that when we saw Mike Bennett and Beast Man, that Mike Bennett would be the one in the main event <laughs> of, the, of that AEW pay-per-view and not the man we were all cheering for? Husk, husk, husk. Husk, husk, husk. Chris, so... Professor Tom and Fax pick you up in a sketchy part of Long Island. Oh, right. mm-hmm. You're going to eat some schnitzel or something. Uh, what happened after or during? I mean, continue. What's going on? So, so we, so we, we open up. We pop open Fax's trunk, right? And we tailgate in a parking lot of a German restaurant. Hell yeah! But we tailgate with some woo energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the first thing we learned, uh, Garrett, is that. None of the woo energies that we opened were nearly as brown as some of the pictures that you sent us of yours, which means yours definitely had perhaps too much mushroom or too much other things. Botulism. Yeah, yeah it just it just looked like the normal energy drink gross. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason energy drink you do, you don't pour them out, and that's just kind of what they looked like. But no, it, it didn't look anything like the E. coli that you ingested. The potty water I drank. You don't know how badly that ruined my night when I found out yours wasn't brown. Because mine was not supposed to be brown, guys. Like, listeners, mine was so brown. And theirs looked like a drink. Like, this this is upsetting. I, I, Do I have a case, Chris? Against Ric Flair and Woo Energy? Potentially. You took, you took pictures, so you have you t- evidence. Yeah. Um, the question, though, is what your damages are. And uh, I it's think... My in- spleen! <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think you shoot for the moon and get him to pay you in Woo Coin. You say, look, <laughs> I want 300 Woo Coins, and that's my, that's my settlement for this. By the end of Woo Coin, that'll be enough to get me one can of Woo Energy. It's so okay. Were you able to confirm that was a real account? Oh no, I think it's a real account. I mean, I think it's it, it's a verified. It's a check mark. There's um, no way Ric Flair can even say the word cryptocurrency, let alone explain what it is. So again, friends, this is a thing Gary sent around to to the rest of us. Uh, Rick Flair's on Rick Flair's Twitter account, there was a, a statement regarding um, something. Let, let me just read his statement. <laughs> woo, woo, 
Woo! It's the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and I'm here to tell you about the hottest thing in crypto, WooCoin. These guys are strutting in with liquidity like my legendary charisma. Why? Because the founders put their money where the woo is. But check this out. We're not just talking the talk. We're walking the walk. We've locked down that LP tighter than a sleeper hold for the first 30 days. And if everything's smooth, we will just keep that lock going. In just 24 hours, we hit the big leagues, baby. We're on coin market cap, standing tall and proud. Check it out yourself, and you'll see you're not me- we're not messing around. He wrote all that himself, folks. <laughs> he typed that out on his phone. Everybody was surprised. It's a really a shame that Dusty Rhodes is dead. Because <laughs> the response promo that he would cut about after hearing this, you know, American dream. The people, the people of America, they don't need no woo coins, baby. They don't I, need no dollars either. <laughs> be great. You know what I want to see is I want to see a debate on on the, the the pros and cons of of cryptocurrency and i want to see i don't know like rick flair and and knobs i want to see them have a debate we can't get dusty hogan would be no fun let's get knobs in there nasty coin let's do it <laughs> <laughs> What do you have to do for nasty coin? It is not a mu- it is not like a dollar exchange. It is definitely like a good like a services for if you delete one picture of Brian Knobs' asshole off the internet, <laughs> you get one nasty coin. It's it's definitely something Knob started having no earthly idea what cryptocurrency is. He just keeps hearing coin getting added to things. So it's just an elaborate network that says where there are restaurants in the Clearwater, Florida area that have kitchens that are about to throw away food so he can go and find it. Listeners, Chris is in tears right now. And has... <laughs> And he's definitely thinking about Nobbs' asshole. I'm just thinking about him him coming up with a nasty coin to the back back door of a restaurant. <laughs> like, like a stray cat in a cartoon. I got three nasty coins. Okay, okay Mr. Nobbs. But the nasty like, coins, they're actually, he has physical nasty coins. They're just yeah. po- pogs with his asshole on them. He jammed up a, a claw machine at Dave and Buster's in Clearwater with him. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to get his kid Christmas. Oh. Funny story. Okay, my, first, it over. my first run in the law with the law was when I was a young man counterfeiting bills into arcade the things where you put the dollar in and got the quarters out. That's a thing we did. We used the quarters to play games because we were young children. Um, we Victimless crime. Yeah. That's why All you stole was electricity at that point. Still a crime, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, Woo Energy was just kind of fine. Yeah. Like, Honestly, I kind of liked it. I we, we drank, so we each took a round 
of the um of each of them. We kind of like poured it into cups, and then we finished what was left over in each of the cans. We had went yeah, back for a little bit more. I was wired for the show until I crashed like three hours in. I I will say I it was a clean ride for me, Fax. I didn't get home until like one in the morning. It took me until like two or two two thirty to get to sleep, and it wasn't because the show was so exciting. It was because the <laughs> woo energy. It was because the woo energy had hit my system, and the combination of caffeine and mushrooms had given me a clean <laughs> energy buzz high that uh, just wouldn't go away. Um, he actually also went and I ben sexually Steele harassed professor. many people. <laughs> I was going to say you went and bent steel with Professor Tom, but uh, no, you helicoptered all the way home on the. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you, you, there was no bending that steel. So, <laughs> so speaking of steel, okay, no, we'll get to it partway through here. No, I'm not going to bury the lead. Guys, we don't need to go through that entire show line by line. It's not it's not worth it. I'm going to cut to the only thing that truly mattered on that show. And I hated that you and I, we didn't get to experience it together, but this is one of those situations where sometimes you miss something that's in a TV broadcast because of the distance, you know, from the ring. And I think this is one where maybe you didn't miss it from the distance. We got the debut of Swerve Strickland's yellow pants and that guy's hog is huge. Me and the Canadians talked about it all night. Like that, it, that saved the show. That's, I think, honestly, Keith Lee dropped out. He had to fight Dustin. And the only thing he could do was throw on a pair of pants that showed you how big his ding ding was. And I never thought that it, the wrestler's penis size mattered to me. But it turns out, if they have a giant hog, they're immediately so much cooler. Yeah, I mean, no notes. I I agree. Mm -hmm. Could you see it from your seat? Not really. We we didn't particularly notice it. This is, uh, I was hoping you guys would share my enthusiasm. (laughs) On this, and I am looking at two blank faces as I holler about Shane Strick or Swerve Strickland's wiener. Uh, it's amazing, and then he pulled it back out on on dynamite. Uh, I have a new favorite wrestler until it goes away, until he changes pants. I mean, what if he goes even lighter? Like if he just wears like really thin white pants, where it's like. There's just no, like to the point that like the Turner executives are giving Tony Khan calls about it. <laughs> like it's like it's like Lululemon material trunks. Well, that's how you make a huge mega heel, right? If you need a new mega heel, because Swerve's clearly slowly turning face. Like they can't. Like he's getting. What do you mean the- slowly? He tried to break a guy's ankle on the show, and we all chanted Swerve's house. But that's what I'm saying. Like the fans. He's already the most over babyface with the fans. He's still just acting like a heel. But once he starts acting like he does the MJF thing and starts like embracing the babyface, you want to make a new mega heel, bring back the right to censor gimmick, have someone try to censor his giant <laughs> hog. That will make a huge heel. 
the sensor bar across it. Like he's gonna be like Elvis. You can only show him from the waist up. Next time he get, goes on get, the Ed Sullivan show, get Wardlow in the Bull Buchanan button-down shirt with the sleeves <laughs> torn and the and the black tie. That's definitely his future, regardless. Yeah, I mean that's how you that's how you're gonna get him over. I can't even say Stevie Richards. I gotta go Bull Buchanan. That's what we're at with Wardlow right now. Now the Stevie Richards here is clearly Matt Taven. Oh right, yeah, for sure. So, guys, since you were in the room, I'll be honest. From my couch, like it was a pretty. I I I won't say like I had a terrible time watching the show because I was just like you know it's been a rough like few weeks and watching a wrestling pay per view is of any kind was was kind of hitting the spot there, but there were moments that I was like this is this is a, a dynamite. This isn't hitting like a, your typical AEW pay-per-view. What was your experience in the room? Like, did it feel that way to you guys in the moment? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think mostly like until the last three matches, like I think once it became clear that they were doing kind of the big three, starting with edge Christian, then into Mox and, and Eddie uh, and then the title match, once like edges music hit it it shifted right and it felt like a pay-per-view for the the last you know hour and a half but until that point yeah it totally it totally totally did yeah the undercard felt very undercardy you know it was like and the fact that there was also like we knew with the devil was probably going to be revealed so we kind of suspected there was going to be some kind of like wwe style nonsense and I'm glad that it didn't fully influence the, the end of the match. But then they did the thing with the they didn't announce this battle royal that far in advance. And then they said this battle royal on zero hour was going to be for a title shot at the TNT title. Then they said that the title shot was going to be basically money in the bank rules anytime. So it was like, unfortunately, once that started, it was kind of like, well, the only guy that can win this is Luchasaurus. So he's the only one that makes sense. And then if he wins it, clearly something's happening tonight. So it did add that little bit of, it was really Mox and Eddie was the one match that was like kind of completely unfiltered, just excitement for. And because mm-hmm. the other two, you kind of suspected something shitty storyline wise might play out, which again, I think AW needs to do. So I'm curious to see where they go now, but it did feel like they didn't need to do it twice. Yeah, it felt, um, and and I think particularly with the way they ended the show, um, in part, so it seemed like MGF needed to lose. So sucks that he lost on Long Island, where obviously he has always been a beloved babyface. But to me, the the lights out reveal of Cole was not great. First, mm-hmm. from a, just an objective perspective, the crowd just went dead silent and then, like, just walked out <laughs> like like it was a WWE show in 2015. Just like, well, well, well I guess be- that was the end. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, th- the crowd was legitimately in shock that MJF lost the title and lost it, like, kind of clean, mm. like, pretty clean. Like, Adam Cole, like, was dodging around that, like, let's just sneak up, but, like, that's clean. So yeah. I think that that's a, a factor. But, I mean, Adam Cole the, is the logical... Like, that's kind of where I'm interested to see where it goes. Here's my thing, though, Fax, is that if... 
I think the the method they used was wrong because mm-hmm. I feel like if they had handed if Cole if we had seen Cole take a chair and hit MJF, I think that would have gotten a reaction. The lights out reveal thing felt like we were supposed to react to the mystery being solved, which was the wrong thing because we'd all guessed the mystery fucking two months ago. Right. So the right answer was to put the focus on the betrayal and, and instead, I, they didn't focus on the betrayal they focused on the mystery yeah I, I, and it's kind of like weird how they handled it from like the Samoa Joe of it all too is that like he kind of went clean but he kind of didn't if you have Adam Cole like hit MJF with a chair is it totally not clean but it kind of like I, I don't like it when your world title match main event the winner and new champion ending the longest title reign ever is the seventh most important guy to the angle. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Like, where... Six, fine. He's more important than Wardlow. He's more important than Wardlow. He's sixth. <laughs> no, he's more important than Mike Bennett. Come on. I'm trying, because this was, uh, we're a little removed from it now. Where did the interference happen that caused Joe? There was none. There was none. Like, he won. There's he no won. interview. The only, thing that, the only was... thing that happened was that Cole was like fumbling in his pocket to give MJF the, the ring. He was slow to do okay. it. He basically he basically prevented MJF from using that that which could have won him the match. With I I agree. I think the 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 reveal like the mystery being the part of it was you're right. Hugely a disappointment because it's kind of who we thought it probably was and you drug it out for too many weeks. I have no problem with Joe beating MJF. And yeah. I thought that he played it really well. Like he's a sympath. I don't know. Derek kind of messaged with us some about this. He was a lot angrier about this pay-per-view than I was. Um, I liked babyface MJF and I thought you did feel sympathy for him. And I think it is feasible that you would lose to Samoa Joe, especially him. Like it kind of seemed like MJF was like sneaking by on a lot of these wins and this, like he just couldn't get through this one and Samoa Joe's a hard guy to beat. So that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I um, just don't, I just don't like the fact that like, again, this should be like streamers from the rafter. Samoa Joe's the new champion. There hasn't been that many AEW world champions. Yeah, right. Yeah. And this is the longest reign ever. And literally it just later, he leaves the ring and then the real main event happens, which was just this little angle. That's just what it drives me a little bit nuts where it's yeah. logic. Like the, that the angle in order to continue to elevate MJF, you kind of need him to be in a program that's bigger than the title or something, which I just think is bullshit logic. And then, you know, knowing that Cole being hurt is why it probably delayed and obviously there's nothing the bookers could do about that and i'm kind of glad they stuck with the story that made sense rather than forcing a different devil in that would have been stupid like dolph ziggler which i was terrified it was going to be nah don't worry he's going to be a new japan wrestling david yeah. Finley. awesome did you um, know that i did i i heard a buzzing about that that i knew dolph ziggler something new japan mm-hmm. but like i t- i totally lost my train of thought but Whatever, fuck it. Well, no, I mean, I think your effects that that the, I mean, the uh, weirdly, I was thinking about this fact. I was like, what have what have other 
title switches have we been in the building for? And oddly, you and I have been in the building um, for uh, the last two. And I've actually ended up being in the building for the last four AEW title switches. Um, oh, shit. Just sort of some dumb luck here. But thinking back at those, right, like MJF and, and Mox was an epic match where we all kind of knew MJF was winning, but it was still kind of a big deal. And there were a lot of people chanting from it was that was a real moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielson and Mox for the title after the stripping of, of Punk at Grand Slam um, was, again, like that was treated as a very serious thing. That was a very serious wrestling match. And then even Punk against Mox at All Out was, um, you know, it's that did have the that and I'm thinking about that that did have the original devil reveal, mm-hmm. um, but that was a big moment, right? MJF is back after three months was legitimately a big deal, in a way that um, it was quickly overshadowed by uh, some press conference, um, but <laughs> an, an advertisement from Mindy's Bakery, but. The this really did feel like again Joe, and part of it is look Joe's clearly a transitional champion, right? It really does feel like mm-hmm. this is three to five months tops, and it's setting up something else, um, which is fine. Sometimes you got to do that, but it really, it really reeks of transition. <laughs> if if you think it's lasting even three months, you've clearly not seen the size of Swerve's hog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of like, um, uh, fuck Bianca Belair's ponytail. You can whip people with it, and there's no rule. <laughs> uh, so what were like? I mean, we kind of know what the lowlights of the show were. What were like outside of the Edge match, uh, which I, I mean, probably. Is it even an argument that was the most exciting thing on the show? Uh, no. What... Uh, y- yes. Yes. Well, the most exciting and interesting thing on the show was Mox against Eddie. Well, I, I think Mox against Eddie was the most intriguing thing going in. I think that Ed, the Edge and Christian, even with all the nonsense stuff, might have been the funnest thing. Yeah, like, and it may have ended up being that, sure. I think that Mox and Eddie, it wasn't their best match together. It was a fine solid match but i feel like the story of it like i feel like if you come back a year from now and just watch the video package of the tournament and then the match it's gonna play a lot better than it did in real time because like i was thinking about it later where i'm like man the match was fine but it definitely like wasn't a five-star classic and i I kept i know i kept talking especially like they were really working kind of really slowly and stuff like that and now i'm realizing like oh they were playing up the they're at the end of a tournament they're both really the injuries. Tired. That, yeah. Eddie might've also got an actual concussion. Um, Unclear. But oh he's, what's going to have been too bad though? Cause he's wrestling on collision. So. Oh yeah. Cause we, we never see wrestlers go back to the ring too soon after a concussion. Unheard of. Uh, our, Could you our, see our, how bad David, uh, David Meltzer uh, did give that match four and three quarters. Oh, I haven't really? seen the Meltzer ratings. That seems too high to me, but um, you know, I agree. Each their own. I mean, I do find. think all last three matches kind of brought me back to life and I had a very good time. Other than those and Swerve's Hog, I did enjoy the Tony Storm match. I don't think it was the best thing she's done, but I did have fun. Um, that match, other than that, I, like, yeah. 
I mean, like Tony Storm's a great character, but I just the booking of the women's division continues to be a mess. Like, I, I'm interested. To, like, Diana Perrazzo's back. She doesn't suppose she's going to be with uh, my Paisan. She, I Paisana. like her a lot. I think she's she's great. But you know, obviously Tara Valkyrie didn't give us a lot of confidence. I was hoping we would see um, what's her name, Sasha Banks. What's I forget what her Mercedes, Mercedes Monet. Mercedes Monet, Mandalorian, whatever. Um, I was really hoping she would show up because she's a really fucking good wrestler that even Tony Khan couldn't fuck up the booking for. Like, you know, because that's the whole thing with the both women's matches were just uninspiring. They were like, I think that the both champions, both female champions are fine. They're good. I enjoy them on TV, but like the actual matches have just no drama. Yeah. That was a that was the the Julia Hart Abaddon match was very clearly the the bathroom break, especially when it was obvious that after that was going to be three thirty minute matches. It was like, well, this is your time to get up. It was one of those matches too in the building. It was like I don't think when that match like the music hit that any more people than usual got up to go to the bathroom, but it was like five minutes in. I think everyone had done that math on what's left. And then the bathroom lines got super long. Were you guys a little disappointed like I was that um, the devil wasn't Okada and all the masked men weren't Abaddons? <laughs> that would have been pretty great. That was <laughs> my deep cut hope was that the devil is just Okada. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's one actual Abaddon and then Toru Yano is Abaddon and Ishii is Abaddon. <laughs> And Goto is Abaddon, and Yoshihashi is Abaddon. You know who would have been, been but they're all Abaddon. You know who could have been a logical devil and was almost certainly in the building would have Chase been Owens. Sue, right? Her son is like the second most well-known wrestler from Long Island, and like Eastern Long, like real Long Island. Neither MJF nor nor Trent are from like close to Queens. They're both in real Long Island, but. You know, as soon as Trent started making headway, getting kind of big primetime TV push, along comes MJF. Mm-hmm. I did like they turned, they basically turned the pre-show into um, the the Welcome to Long Island special. Like, yeah. <laughs> Statlander against Willow, both from Long Island. The yep. Battle Royal with Trent uh, and the um, the Dark Order guys. And then the hook match. It was just pure Long Island goodness. <laughs> yep. They had a really nice shirt that I, I I would have gotten. It was in Mets colors and everything. Islanders colors, I know facts. But it did say that the most magical place in the world is Long Island. And I was like, I actually can't wear that. Someone will hit me <laughs> in Queens. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to buy one. I should have. I'm sure it'll so- be on the awshop.com. I do think, like in recent memory, this is the worst pay per view they've done. You said I think there's this is one bottom worse. three. There's there's three there's three I think that are close to the bottom. It's this, it's double or nothing from last year, which you remember was a dead, totally dead show until the four way title match and the anarchy in the arena. And then there was one in 2020. Um, I think it's all out. That was just a death it just did not work and very little of it it was it was 
it was definitely the worst one at that point, but I think that one was probably better than Was that two. empty? Was that still empty arena? That was still empty arena. See, um, I, I almost put those to the side because on one hand, I, I, I don't, I remember them all being pretty good. So I don't necessarily have to recall on that one. I might have to look it up, but also like, I'm never going to watch any of those shows ever again. Like right. I am just never like maybe as a fascinating thing with like a, a child that I'm teaching pro wrestling to one day, I, I will say this is some highlights of this weird era where people wrestled in giant buildings with no one in them. Stadium um, stampede other- though, during that time. Yeah. You could show and, someone that. Yeah. Undertaker AJ, the cinematic yeah. match in the graveyard. That was so. I've watched some of those matches, but mainly in the context of like, if you're watching like Eddie Kingston AEW matches, you kind of have to watch at least one or two from the empty arena. But it's stuff like that where you're not. Yeah. But that's what I, I'm saying. I don't is, I'm, I'm never going to. For a whole show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I'm not saying I'm never going to watch any of those matches ever. I'm never going to intentionally sit down and be like, I'm going to watch an empty arena pay per view. I paid $50 for this once and it's still on my Bleacher <laughs> Report account. So I'm entitled. Uh, I, I'm trying yeah. to remember. So you said one of those that you named had the anarchy in the arena. Uh, would that have been the one where Daddy Magic was just gushing blood all over the the fifth row? Is somebody a different no, one? No. No, this was the one. This was last year's Double or Nothing, which was really bad for about two and a half hours. I'd have to look at the card, I guess. The the two matches at the top were um, the Elite against the BCC and the Anarchy in the Arena, which was a spectacular match. Show saver. Um, and and the Four Pillars world title match. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But that was also very similar in that it was like basically nothing happened for two, two and a half hours. And then it was like, okay, the ending stretch like literally needs to save the show here. Um, and I... You could argue which of those two did better in that regard, but I think those are the two bottom ones. Uh, I, again, I really felt, and this is is an insult, this really felt like a mid-20-teens WWE pay-per-view to me, where, like, if Bax and I, like, went, we went to some of those shows, and Same. did we have a bad time at any of them? No. Could we remember much of what was on those shows? Not really. Like, I was struggling to remember that Tony Storm wrestled Riho, and that was a week ago. Yeah, I mean, the big difference is that Samoa Joe won his match. Um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think that, like, I think the difference is, I think that, like, if I had to watch one of those shows or this show again, I'd watch, I think this show again is better. But yes. just this, the standard for just a show is so stupidly high right now, right? But- and yeah i think like even if you look at the matches though that were on dynamite this week Takeshita yeah. and darby was awesome was was awesome and better than most of what we watched on that pay-per-view like mm-hmm. i i don't i think that even with the aew pay-per-views a lot of the time like we can maybe forgive a bad story because it's like the matches back it up and this one it was just like a lot of kind of dull matches like I I don't agree with uh, Meltzer that that was like a four and three quarters. You know, I thought Eddie and Mox was fun compared to the rest of the card. Right. And it had a story. It did. Yeah, you're right. The story does go a long way with that, especially when what you've watched previous. But like 
I mean, if you don't have anything, like throw Darby Allen in there. And like that Takeshita match was like, I cringed so many times. Like he, he threw that man so high in the air so many times. Well, that's why, and, and Chris can tell you when I, I think we were what in the, was it in the parking lot or maybe we were in the car when you told me, or, or maybe we were in the arena. Somebody else mentioned that um, Keith Lee was out. Mm-hmm. And, and then I asked, I was like, Oh, is like, you're going to have to put swerve against somebody else. Right. And I was like, Oh yeah. Dustin Rhodes. And I'm just like, I just sunk. I'm like, swerve is so awesome. We didn't even know about the hog then. It was just like, <laughs> but he's so great. You've so many people that could just say, Oh, you've got 15 minutes on pay-per-view with swerve Strickland have a fucking banger. And then I was even saying of people we knew were in the building because they were in the battle Royal, put Dustin in the fucking battle Royal. Give one of the other guys that was in the battle. Give it to Trent. Trent. They, they had him have this fucking big match. Trent. He's getting a title yeah. match now coming up that he got on dynamite. Have fucking Trent wrestle swerve. That match would be awesome. Yeah. Prince Nana takes Sue home at the end. It was, it'd be perfect. <laughs> no, it's, it's that would tr- be a great gimmick, by the way, if if Trent has a little brother, little half brother, that's Prince Nana's bastard with his mom, <laughs> who's somehow still fertile. It that I think the worst thing about that, I mean, the hog went a very long way. Like it brought some life into me for the rest of the show, but he should have beat Dustin in three minutes, and it should that should have been a squash. Like yeah, it did per- not need to be a competitive. Well, particularly when he does the ankle thing, because then when, when he does the ankle thing, I'm like, oh, OK, cool. They're not going to have an actual match. Swerve's going to pin him in 30 seconds or there's just going to be no match. And I was fine with that, because as you guys know, I also like to keep things brisk, especially when you're backloading the card. But then they had a just it was a, a dark match. It was just an AEW dark YouTube match. I'm actually Longer curious than to it pull up to the the card and see what the the runtime on that match was. I want to say like eleven minutes. It was too long. I mean, Dustin did kick him in that hog though, and you know that buys you some time because his central nervous system's connected to that thing. I'm also just pulling up the Meltzer ratings overall here. It'd be interesting. It, it does seem like you know, maybe we need maybe we need some of the old wrestlers to come on and rank Swerve's Hog in the context of great. I, the, the, great people dog. have talked a lot about Too Cold Scorpio, um, the Nature Boy. You know, so I'm curious, like what you know, Andre, of course, uh, sure. But we, I think we need people who've been in a lot of locker rooms to be to do that to do that ranking. If I find you out think- he's stuffing, oh. You, you think maybe we can get the blue Meanie on to, to see if he has any inside knowledge on hogs. I mean, he definitely shared a locker room with Scorpio, right? He, I'm sure he's actually, I think he shared a locker with uh swerve because he did some MLW shots at a time when swerve was still an MLW. He definitely mm. sh- shared a locker room at some point with, maybe not with flair. They might've just missed each other. I'm sure he was somewhere at the same time as Flair, but I'm thinking by that point, Flair probably has his own locker room, right? I don't think yeah, but you know what? With the boys, but, oh, but actually, you want... know what? It, it's more like yeah, he's keep he's keeping it out. Yeah, he's sharing. Well, Meanie's certainly been to enough wrestling conventions, right? In Ric Flair's penis, right? <laughs> yeah, 
He's he's t- Blue Meanie has on at least one or two occasions taken a taxi cab in the Carolinas. So he's almost certainly seen Ric Flair's penis. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, um, Meltz, by the way, Meltzer's ratings again just too high on fucking everything almost. He's in his he's in Tony Khan's pocket, man. I th- I think the the eight man to open the, the main show I thought that was really fun, and then I thought it was pure death. I thought Miro and El Idolo oh. was garbage. I was uh, actually excited for that too. I thought like, oh shit, these two on a pay per view that could be good time. Well, I was to me why wasn't why that needed to uh, go. How long did it go? Does anyone have the times up? I don't 15, have the times. Twelve. Okay, that should have been six minutes. Yeah, you should have made Miro. I think I was the only one in the building that didn't know that was Andrade's last match. Um, but yeah, once, know, especially yeah. once you, once you knew that, like, yeah, make it a squash. Make Miro a monster. Yeah, he even... He, I just, I'm so mad at all these star ratings. Dave's a very giving man. I agree with uh, Ed, Edge and Christian. He gave four and three quarters. I'm okay with that. I'd go a uh, little think, lower, but I'm not. A, I'm yeah, not I, I think I think angry. that's a hair high, but I don't think that's like everything else. I think is like an entire star too high, except for that and maybe the eight man. Um, and then he gave Joe and MJF three and a half. That seems like about right. But yeah, I actually could have gone a little higher on that. I could have gone just like four even maybe for that. But yeah, I might need to rewatch it because, again, being a native Long Islander, I was so deeply in shock and traumatized by the end of that match that uh you know, I, I I I don't remember. I don't remember it. All I remembered was the betrayal. MJF Did... is their hero. You you have to understand fact, uh, to Garrett. Oh, I he's I gathered that from the 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 show. <laughs> I had commentary letting me know. <laughs> um, speaking of oh, that by the way though that that video they ran with the Long Island people talking about MJF right before the match was just brilliant that was great. every every time they come to long island i think well they're not, they can't just keep doing long island things and they can't all be keep being good but god damn it they keep true and me wrong they did last time when they did that musical number that shit was bananas and then they did this video with the girl talking about having sex with them and it's just it's fucking amazing i i don't know who on the staff is writing this if mjf's producing himself Whoever, like, again, if MJF is part of creative for this, I, I, I will reiterate, we do not need to be worried about him going to WWE. We need to be worried about him winning Academy Awards. <laughs> Chris, did you get to see Iron Claw yet? I have not. I have not seen it yet. Um, I'm going to try at some point in the next uh, week or two because it's still in the theaters. So yeah, you got time. It's doing well, you know. Um, I did see the Ric Flair impression. I think my Ric Flair impression, which was poor, did defeat the paid actors. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It has to suck to be that guy. Like, actual, like, I saw, like, Rolling Stone or somebody even wrote an entire article, like, was this Ric Flair really that bad? And uh, it was yes. Like, everybody's like, why didn't they just have that guy play him in ring and use actual footage of the man for the promos? Uh, Because no one can beat speaking the way he did. 
Or better yet, get an actual wrestler, since every wrestler that's ever lived does a Ric Flair. I mean, think about, I know why they don't do it. You don't want controversy, but Jay Lethal Lethal in that role? Oh my God. Jay Lethal would have brought the house down. Yeah. Plus, look, this is, this is, the, the world is all about classic characters being reimagined breaking down boundaries. Jay Lethal is Ric Flair. Just give him a wig. Let him go. Put him in a suit. He, here's the, uh, here's the, here would have been the other option. Just hire real Ric Flair. He's alive. People have done a lot of amazing things with makeup. Just age him down. You did if it they for can... the whole first 30 minutes of Indiana Jones. They did it for an entire fucking three-hour movie with De Niro, right? Mm-hmm. And the Irishman. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't want Jimmy Lloyd to get involved in that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) speaking of, did either of you watch um, June Kasai in in, uh, Gage? I have not yet. Yeah, I have not yet seen that. Good. It's it was good. Like it was the most Nick Gage Nick Gage has looked in a while. I thought he kind of looked back in Nick Gage shape. And I, I lose track at this point. Is that something I'm going to be able to find on fight or do I got to pay real money for it? Fight. It was okay. the New Year's Eve. New Year- no, yeah, it was New Year's Eve because during the match, the crowd counts down to New Year's. Hmm. Uh, and that was super fun. June Kasai is insane. There's razor boards. There's knife boards. At a certain point, uh, Kasai pulls out a knife and is like cutting Nick Gage's arm, like the hitchhiker in a Texas chainsaw massacre. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's a pretty brutal little match. And uh, it was, I think it was, I mean, it was definitely better than Kasai uh, Janela. It honestly exceeded a lot of expectations for it. All um, right. It kind of seemed like, I don't know how often Nick Gage is going to do a singles death match like this, but I mean, if he was holding out to do it, like this was a good opponent to, to save it up for. And he said the reason he can't go to Japan is pussy ass freedoms is afraid of what, that he'll do something to get in trouble. And he said, he's coming over and fighting Kasai again. He, he called, he said he's going to Japan. We'll see if he gets there, but uh, no, I, that was the most worthwhile GCW thing in a minute. I didn't watch all of the Nick Gage Invitational. Uh, I didn't watch any of Circle Six, but God, I saw some reckless clips from that shit. Um, look at look up AJ Gray's Instagram and look at the photo from his back after King of the Death Match. It's uh, it's upsetting. All right, Garrett, and you're gonna put in some music here while we look this up, right? Because this. It's it's as podcast journalists. There's no way that we could just be have this moment here in which we are like literally just looking this up. Mom, ow! I'm holding it up with, for facts. With the comment, "Do you take me serious now?" It is. The match that him and Otis Kogar had, I believe it was called a blunt force drama match. And it was so many just hard shots to the head. Blunt force trauma, by the way, sounds like a straight to Blu-ray movie 
with with Steven Seagal <laughs> and Tommy Chong. <laughs> oh my god. You know what I found out from my wife who watches all of the housewives shows? You know who produces all that straight to video action shit? The um, real life turtle from Entourage. What? <laughs> like the man who turtle is based on does all those movies now. Like the guy who was Mark Wahlberg's driver. Now he's the guy who made the last 15 straight to video Bruce Willis movies. Because um, his Mark Wahlberg gifted him stock in a tequila company. <laughs> he used that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I got to admit, I am tempted to find out how to purchase Bucoin. Just for shits and giggles. You guys have birthdays coming up. Don't go broke. But do what you got to do. <laughs> so, Tax is silent. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I, again, we're like an hour in and nobody spoiled anything that's happened on Wrestle Kingdom for me yet. Garrett, did you see it? I I was awake. I basically I did. I for sure saw the last three matches and pieces of everything before, but for sure the last three. I watched basically the whole show. And was the order that they put on the NJPW site what what they did? So the title match was was the last match. The was last, match? yes, it was. Because that that's the only one I'm kind of curious about which direction they went on that one. So it. You know what's what's the weather forecast from New Japan? Or, or um, actually, I asked Chris this question before we were on the air, and I'll just repeat it here. I could watch the show this weekend while I'm doing stuff for work. Is it something should I watch it this weekend while I'm doing other stuff, or should I wait to watch it where I can really pay full attention? Yeah, I watched it while I was working mostly. I would say you can watch it while you're working. Maybe try to pay a little more attention for the three-way and the uh, um, Okada and Danielson. Agree. Agreed. Um, the main event, I think, was like... I mean, I wasn't excited for it, so it's hard to say that it was underwhelming, but it was definitely unremarkable. Like, it does... I hadn't seen... I don't know if I just not paid that much attention, but it looks like um, Naito might be singing for Fozzie on the weekends now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Fozzie might need a new lead singer soon. Because <laughs> yeah, Jericho seems like he's teetering on cancellation. No one's quite sure. Like, is he canceled yet? Is he getting canceled? I remember hearing that shit when it happened. Yeah. And it just sort of disappeared. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember way back when when what became this started during the pandemic where it would be the four of us and we were doing co-podcasting between the best there ever was and predetermined i could have sworn even then we were making jokes about it about just generally stuff with his wife and and a lot of the other stuff and i like and jericho just fucking around and stuff like that like i, I thought this has all been pretty widely known specifically Kylie Ray because we literally talked about it. Yeah. Um so I I don't know how it just now came back and like people care more now like I mean I felt kind of weird about it this whole time to be honest but 
it i mean it didn't seem like he was going away so it, it's 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 like a who is that comedian that that started bringing up the bill cosby stuff and then it actually hannibal, hannibal burris. burris so who's the hannibal burris of this one because i i feel like it, i didn't hear at all about this i heard a lot about it back in the day and then nothing and then all of a sudden it's a big story i genuinely have no fucking idea why like how it resurfaced you would I have think it to was something with twitter. nick houseman on twitter yeah just like bringing up old stuff or like because did it like yeah i don't i don't like know someone like someone come forward with something because that's where like we we never knew really any specifics and it seems implied now that there are specifics even if they're not publicly known that people someone knows i don't know i mean on the observer alvarez referred to him as somebody had referred to him him as the harvey weinstein of wrestling jesus so so when that's the comparison you know like people compare other people to hitler more often than harvey weinstein these days good lord that but, well, either way, Naito versus uh, <laughs> that I don't know. It I don't think that matches. Um, anyone listening's like Garrett's floundering right now. <laughs> yeah, it just I mean the whole thing that so it's it's I'm making weird analogies about this. Uh, I'd made the analogy about AEW being mid 2010s WWE. This felt a lot like a 15 years ago WrestleMania. In, mm. in two ways. One, um, I didn't really care about a lot of it. Like, I had a good time watching it, but I didn't really feel emotionally connected to pretty much anything. The other thing is that the most exciting parts are not going to be there a week from now. Or yeah. at least not on the average tour, right? Like, Okada and Danielson was great. Is Danielson going to go on the New Beginning tour? Fuck no. Right. Um, Mox, Omega... Sorry, Mox Osprey Finley was a was a really good match, but the only one of them who's going to go on the next tour, other than I, it's possible Osprey is going to do one last tour. It seems like it's hard to tell, but um, but two months from now in the New Japan Cup, you know who's going to be there? David Finley, and that's it. And and that's kind of the problem with New Japan right now is that they are really heavily dependent on the guys flying in. Even look at Wrestle Kingdom last year, right? Like. The two things I was excited for and remember from that show really are um, Omega coming in against Osprey and FTR at that on that last one. So yeah. that's where they're kind of at right now, where there's just not a lot of juice in the ongoing story. Well, and I get it with AEW and WWE's budgets, and that they're kind of not in a bidding war against each other, but they're both spending money, right? So I get that there's a lot of a talent like Western talent that, that you're not going to have good access to, but how the fuck did they let Takeshita show up here? Right? Like how is Takeshita not main eventing two wrestle kingdoms already? That's I, I don't get how they miss on some of these Japanese guys. Yeah. And, and why they've decided to sort of slow play. They've got all these new guys. They seem to be kind of excited about, but you know, shooter and Ren Narita are in the mid card you know, one of them is teaming with fucking evil. Mm. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, the other, I mean, uh, Suji and, and Yumura are wrestling each other third from the bottom. You know, so it's like none of those guys, well, you know, why are we pulling the trigger on David Finley when you could have had Shooter beat Osprey? It, it's a hard time. Like, I mean, as somebody who very rarely watches New Japan anymore, like basically after the guys I liked left, um, there's not a lot that it appears to be on the horizon for me to like have any reason to tune in over the next few months. Well, uh, I mean, well, and that's why I asked about the main event because like I was aware of what the main event, I was aware of this whole card, but I didn't really see any of the build. So is it, is it like, is Naito still just Naito mm-hmm. other than the beer? Like he's yes. just underdog baby face kind of mm-hmm. generic. And like, because, like, at least with Evil and Sonata, they're trying new things. Evil was a complete flop. Evil's horrible. Sonata, I'm kind of into it. I kind of like the new Sonata. Don't love him. But, like, okay, I can take him as a top guy. But then, so it's like, okay, well, you have a new top guy. The whole problem has been, it's been just Naito and Abushi, who's not showing up anymore, and Okada. And you had some comedy and Jay White, who's not around either. And it was just the same combination of those guys, every match that mattered. And now it's like, okay, well, they've heated up Sonata. We've got another match. And Sonata used to be, you know, carrying Naito's towel. And they couldn't do something more interesting with that. Yeah, I know. It just—it really was just. And part of it is that Sonata's title reign had kind of petered out in part because his fall title defense was against fucking evil. Um, you know, who's going to be the challenger in the next round again for some godforsaken reason. Um, and so, yeah, there's just this kind of sense of, I don't know. They, they can't seem to quite get a new gear and they're not bringing in new guys that feel interesting just, enough to follow. And it just feels like such a botch. Cause you'd think that, Sonata has so much more upside on the surface, especially in Japan. But actually, like the Jay White title reigns were better. And they did the better because it was like, oh, I don't want to see Jay White as champion, but at least there's a bunch of fresh matchups up top. Right? Whereas they literally went to the one guy where we never want to see Sonata fight ever again. And we never want to see in the main event ever again. Mm-hmm. It's perplexing. It, it is. You could have easily been like, I mean, and the whole thing, right? And this is the weird thing, right? Is that Sonata's group in the G1 was all of the young guys, right? Just, it's no none of the established people. It's all the young dudes. And so instead of being like, wow, Shooter beat, beats Sonata, gets title shot at, at Power Struggle, Sonata runs through all of those guys, goes 7-0 in the block, which does nothing for Sonata because they're not signature wins because he's beating all of the young guys who haven't beaten anyone. And it does nothing for the guys who had the chance to fucking beat the champ and set up a big title match. Like, all of these potential... You could have had Kiyomiya, who I like from Noah, beat Sonata in that uh, tournament. And get the title shot and that would have been a fucking thing right like he's 
you know, Sonata defending New Japan against Noah, that could have been a thing for a month. But no, again, evil. Just evil. Like, it, it's insane. I, I, facts, I will say this. This is my first go into um, the New Japan World app on Apple TV. Hmm. And it was fucking awesome. Like, it's insane to me that they have built such a great app when this is the product they now have to offer me. Mm-hmm. They, they yes. When it was great, when it was so fucking good for a few years, they really made me work for it. Yeah. But now they're like, well, we got to give them a reason to come here. What if we have a really easy interface? And it's somehow they've actually created the easiest to use professional wrestling application. <laughs> yeah, but is it is it easy to like do a search and set a filter so you get no David Finley matches? <laughs> well, here's the thing: you can skip by match on if the show oh. is done. Every you, show has you a drop even... down chapter for the match. Yeah, you can just hit a a, a, va- a next match button and just skip David Finley matches or evil matches. Incredible, brilliant, incredible, brilliant. And I mean, my biggest problem with the old Amazon app, because for whatever reason, Amazon was the only thing they even had an app for. It's the reason I have an Amazon Fire. Yeah. Yeah, all of us. (laughs) Um, But if you remember, they used to do the thing that, like, if you were just midway through a show and, like, you had to leave, Mm -hmm. and then you came back, it didn't remember where you were. And you had to Mm -hmm. start at the fucking beginning and manually fast forward with no skipping. It knows. So, like, I I can watch it, it, like every other video thing that's ever existed yes even vhs tapes remember where you hit stop the only the only issue with that is that when you go back to it it will forget that you have selected uh english so it takes me like a minute each time to be like oh i have to turn it from japanese to english i i like i like some japanese commentary here and there it'll be a good you know yeah, it's not in. bad. They brought back Rocky uh, Romero for commentary for mm. Wrestle Kingdom, which was nice. So it was the new guy Walker something who just kind of looks like Conrad, um, l- little man Chris Charlton and Rocky, which was a solid team. It's good. It puts Wait. Chris Charlton back in the the. I just realized, I guys, yeah. I I just saved New Japan. You know what? After his rest, Beast Man, New Japan. Mm-hmm. Makes so much fucking sense. He'd get over. We know they love big, hairy Gaijin. You don't get bigger and hairier than the Beast Man. Two weeks and he's in Bullet Club. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm in new. I'm I'm back on board with Bullet Club OG. If I've got, I've I've got biker leather Beast Man as the head of that group. And, you know, the tradition is you take out the previous leader, right? So that means he gets rid of David Finley, right? Is he mm. the leader? I'm not even clear. I'll watch House of Torture matches if Beastman supplants evil. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just out. And, and the pictures we would get of him eating dessert with a Dick Togo. <laughs> who loves funny. dessert. If you've ever seen Dick Togo's Instagram, that man loves dessert. And it just, it's just... <laughs> Every night, it's just plates of dessert with Dick Togo and Beastman going Actually, around. you know what? Now that like being the elite has ended, that's the vlog we need. Hmm. Is Beastman and Dick Togo in Japan? I got a feeling Dick Togo knows a lot of the one-liners from the Ace Ventura movies. We know Beastman's <laughs> a big fan. Seems like they'd get into some hijinks. I, I also Togo think... talking with his butt is really <laughs> what, keeping me alive for 2024. Bring bring 
Mrs. Beast Woman. Bring her along. You can do a little bit of a Real Housewives of Tokyo situation. Mm-hmm. You With know? her and Okada's wife, you know. Yeah. Here's here's the other thing. I bet he works way cheaper than Dolph Ziggler and Matt Riddle. Yeah. Did Riddle show up on it? And I missed uh, that? Uh, and on New Year's Dash, uh, there was a video from Matt Riddle challenging Tanahashi. So that's going to be a thing that happens. When and, okay. and but that's even like Matt Riddle's a fine wrestler. I'd be more interested, but like, why Tanahashi? He's so broken. Like, TV I need, champ. I need people to fight Okada. <laughs> My reason to watch New Japan is to see Okada matches, and I'm happy to see the same Okada match a couple times, but but against good people. If you can't get me some of the tippy top talent, give me new people for Okada to fight. I will give you 999 yen until I die. I will make a trust so that my wife will continue getting it after my death. <laughs> For as however long, you can provide me with fresh Okada matchups. Is What are the odds that he ends up here? I think lower now that they put made Tanahashi president, but I get probably okay. still possible. Um. I mean, I mean, he has thought, to like that, that. surfing life that that um, Nakamura is living. Like, he has to think like that looks kind of cushy. Also, can you imagine if he could wear Nick Jackson's pants every week? Mm. How, they might have to bring being the elite back. It's it's not being the elite anymore. It's being Kaz, um, <laughs> and it's just it's just Okada in Nick Jackson's pants talking for a minute each week. Guys, guys, we're going we're going full circle here. Everything we talked about with Beastman, new leader of the Bullet Club, it all happens. He and Okada become fantastically good friends. They both come back to a- join AEW. Now we've got a reverse fish out of water situation with Mrs. Okada, Real Housewives of Tokyo. Now it's in Jacksonville or Tampa or something. Now we're talking about we're talking reality TV ratings that exceed anything the wrestling show could ever do. Mm-hmm. They're going over to dinner at Juice and Tony's house. <laughs> and by Juice and Tony's house, you mean the Denny's by Juice Robinson's house. <laughs> I would love to see. Unfortunately, Okada has almost assuredly been to a Denny's already, given the circles that wrestlers roll in. But I would love to see. Okada's first time at a Denny's. I want to see Okada's first time at Hulk Hogan's restaurant and oh, his God. first time meeting Brian Nobbs. Uh, no, no, we you have Beast Man and Joey Janela take Okada to Hogan's restaurant, but don't tell him it's Hogan's restaurant. <laughs> but go on a night, you know Hogan's there, and just see what happens. The translator is just like he says. The asshole goes so deep. <laughs> uh, well, I know, Fax, you got to head out here quick, but... um, Tell you what, brother. I, you're talking about famous hogs. The, before, we do need to mention, uh, while we've been away, we've been watching some FMW. Mm, and... Yeah. Honestly, I think one of the best matches I've seen since we stopped recording uh, for about a month was that women's barbed wire match. 
That was one of the best barbed wire matches, exploding barbed wire matches I've ever seen. It was incredible. Remember- I'm watching way more wrestling now that we're not recording on the regular. Is that weird? <laughs> well, again, it's how we're dealing with our feelings, yeah. listeners. We're dealing with our feelings by watching uh, 90s Japanese death matches. And it, it works. Honestly, it's, it is. It kind of is. Uh, it's giving us life again. Just like it's a lot um, cheaper than therapy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's on YouTube. I'm sure, therapy's on YouTube as well. Search it. Um, I will also. I should also. We should mention um, that while again, none of us regularly watch World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, apparently, um, The Rock is back. Yeah, I saw that. And he implied that maybe he would wrestle Roman Reigns. CM Punk's not getting that main event slot. Nor is Cody. Yeah. All of that's hilarious. Wait, how hilarious would that be, though, if they just plug Cody into the Seth Rollins match? Mm. And just totally bump Punk. I would love that. It won't happen, but I'd love it. CM Punk, we you don't get to be in the main event, but we've got a really big uh, we've got a really big wrestler for you to fight. The fans Sheamus. love him. His name's Jizz. <laughs> <laughs> but in all reality, like I didn't see it, but I don't I don't think The Rock's actually wrestling Roman Reigns. That kind of seems know. to be what I'm hearing is that that is not an actual plan right now. But The Rock did bring it up. We shall see. Um, I I think I I'm, I think I would stay for Sunday if if The Rock was wrestling. Or you know what? If this Harvey Weinstein talk about Jericho is true, obviously Tony Khan's going to get rid of him, and Vince will definitely has enough pull to sign him to a big WrestleMania match. Oh, CM that'd be Punk amazing though. If, Punk. No, if Jericho, Jericho if Jericho versus. takes no Jericho versus Rollins. <laughs> He takes Punk's spot. Oh, fuck. Um, I mean, WrestleMania weekend is starting to shape up. The Blue Meanie announced a, a bar event. I'm we'll excited for that. We'll be there. Oh, yeah. We're going to be there, Meanie. Don't worry. Uh, we could, we'll bring some recording equipment. We'll, it'll, we'll, just, we'll just have a chat with you. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going we're gonna to stop at, at that nice market in Philly, and we're going to pick up lots of different sized cucumbers and we're going to use that to facilitate the conversation we want to have on the mic <laughs> how many of these could get lost in knobs <laughs> um yeah yeah they announced they announced all the collective stuff uh or at least they announced the the dates and stuff and like, yeah there was only, stuff at the 2300 there was only one collective show i believe that was uh blurred out that they're keeping as a secret let me pull yeah that up right now i do also like that they did announce um the clusterfuck late night after um wrestlemania on saturday which does sound like an interesting option to be like yeah we're just gonna go we're gonna go to wrestlemania head straight to <laughs> wherever the fuck gcw is running watch the clusterfuck and then pass out and leave <laughs> the city or maybe not even pass out. We just head straight to the train station after the clusterfuck. Yeah, but I think there's two problems. One is, again, I, I want to leave WrestleMania 
probably halfway through. <laughs> so it would be like, oh, do I have to watch more WrestleMania just to get to the clusterfuck? And then you're also so tired. The other thing, too, is by that point, because when you're getting an actual WrestleMania, you've already been up for a few days watching wrestling. Mm. So at that point, you really need sleep. So I remember when I was in Dallas last time, there was at least one show we just totally skipped to sleep. I think it was like maybe Black Label Pro or or something like that. There was one show that was like a 2 a.m. Central Time show that we just were like, fuck, I need to sleep. Man, I'm. I'm looking at this lineup that Friday looks like a pretty fun day. Um, Joshi pro wrestling at 11 progress at three uh, spring break at seven. And then for the culture at midnight, it says the location is pins landing caterers. Is this at, is this an American cheeseburger situation? Is this like I, a, I don't think so. I think, I think it's a, a big room on at Penn's landing, which is like the, like a waterfront area. It, it, it is. I I looked it up and, and when I was there for the big gaming convention, they used that space too. So it's, it's in a, it's a large of it, it. It's not a weird place to do this. I'll just put it. Okay. Way. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's and, a totally, the actual catering company, I guess just owns it. So hopefully they'll have a okay. good taco lady going, but like, Ooh. it's just when you, when you go there, it's just a totally normal event space. Uh, it looks like Thursday Defy Bloodsport Ten, which honestly the last couple Bloodsports have all had something pretty worth watching. So I, uh, and then DDT, and then JCW at midnight, and then yeah the Saturday. So wait, Bloods- Bloodsports Defy? No, uh, Defy Wrestling at eleven, Bloodsport at four. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, did Josh Barnett jump ship? On the flip side, there is also at the ECW Arena a tribute to the extreme on Friday night, which involves the Dudley Boys against Onita and Question Mark. Ooh. Shane yeah. Douglas against Al Snow in a rematch 25 years later from the worst ever ECW pay-per-view main event. <laughs> I, I'll i go to that show. I'm into that show. But I want you to blindfold me during the Shane Douglas match because the next time I see him work, I, it's going to be in a Buffalo Wild Wings parking lot. As it should be. Yeah. Um, Too Cold Scorpio against Juventud Guerrera. Mm-hmm. We'll put um, Tajiri against Super Crazy. They're, they're got some interesting stuff. Um, I, I mean, I've not gotten to see Onita live. And getting to see Onita possibly do a, a meet and greet with him would be a lot of fun. He does. That's a that, that we could just. I think we could just go to the meet and greet potentially. That's an option too. Just to meet and greet some Onita. Because I yeah, don't I mean, know that that match will be any good. It probably I mean, will not. The way they usually do these, right, for the Mania weekends and WrestleCon and the Collective, like even if there's like a specific thing before that show of like a meet and greet for whatever, like they're like Onita will just be around all weekend, right? So yeah. like I'm sure we could just go to WrestleCon and probably meet Onita. But I, I'm I want to go to that show. Just to be totally clear, I, I do want to go to that show. <laughs> no, that uh, yeah. And does WrestleCon doing their super show this year? Because that that's, always that's also at the ECW Arena, and that's on Thursday night. It's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of it's it's gonna be an interesting weekend because I think there's gonna be a lot of different stuff, and none of it is quite probably gonna stick out. Um, plus, I think we got to go see at least a couple of Hardway Heater matches if that happens. Yeah, I. 
I haven't heard him say anything yet, but I would almost guarantee. And then you have to assume Circle Six is running something there. You have to assume. I don't know if ICW normally does stuff Mania weekend, but they're but, in I Jersey, mean, so you would think, right? You you would think. Uh, no, I'm definitely the the chance to meet Onita has me excited, and also like mm. I never, I always have a good time at Spring Break. There's always something that uh, makes that a fun night, and the fact that it's at seven and not midnight. Is but that's the trick, right? Is it do we do you go watch Onita or do you go to spring break or do you go meet Onita and then head to spring break? But that might also be the time for the ROH show. You gotta uh, see what that is. You know, it's gonna be tricky. It's gonna be tricky, guys. Yeah. You know what? We'll see. There's time. We're just gonna have to watch wrestling. We're just gonna have to watch wrestling in an air. Uh, we'll just all we'll watch it the whole weekend in the Airbnb just so we can be together. <laughs> all right guys so good seeing you and you know what i think we should probably keep watching some fmw and talk about that next week we'll talk more about that yeah absolutely all right everybody thanks for listening at predetermined podcast on instagram at gartet at jimmy fax at chris miggs uh check out my new podcast erotic thriller club and that is at erotic thriller club on instagram chris do you want to plug your counting crows podcast i i do if you enjoy the band counting crows uh sullivan street podcast last month we interviewed the band's original bassist matt malley and had uh, a great time he was delightful and he told us lots of interesting stories and lots of stuff that i i have not seen be discussed about the especially the early years of the band um so worth checking out if that's something that sounds exciting for you and I got nothing to plug, but last time I was in Philly, I won a Warhammer Kill Team tournament. So for the three listeners, including the one in Spain, I know it's you, that know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about, it's a thing that happened. God damn, that's exciting. We'll discuss that more next week. Hit our goddamn music. All right.